on today's Homeless Superior. I could not be more overjoyed. Bishop saying, baby, I don't give a fuck. I will kill children left and right, upside down. I will do that? it in my sleep. <laughs> he said that. Wait, wait let what, me just sorry, pull Were up you the, quoting him? By, uh, he uh, said, I want children dead. No. <laughs> I wish I could say I, I wouldn't hurt a child no matter what the stake was. I really wish I could say that. I mean, my favorite. So it's less impactful than <laughs> the way I said it. Well, he, said it less, <laughs> he said it less like a drunk real housewife. <laughs> well, Brent is gay, and Kaylin's gay, and Clark is gay, and Ryan's gay, and Adam's gay. It's Homo Superior. Welcome to Homo Superior, the podcast that was in the Amazon with my mom when she was researching spiders right before she died. Issue 308, I'm Ryan. I'm Adam. And I'm Brent Wingate. And this week, Madam Webb has caught us in her trap. And what if there was a trailer for season two of that show? We have a touch of news about MCU cast rumors. Loki has finished its second and possibly final season. There's a very special cameo in this week's X-Men the Animated Series episode, Old Soldiers. We're going to play the game, Who's the Oldest? Uh, <laughs> there's a bunch of fun that. issues. And then... Uh, you know, possibly some it's spooky Kaylin. plugs. It's Kaylin. <laughs> <laughs> when Kaylin turned off the episode, the reflection showed the <laughs> oldest character. All right. Yeah, we got some spooky plugs, maybe. But first, we got housekeeping. Uh, we did a review of the Marvels. We did. It was great. <laughs> Such a humble break. <laughs> we did we, it. We really did. You that. know, like we just happened to do a review of the Marvels. Do you know sometimes when you don't realize the tone of your voice as it's coming out <laughs> and you're mid sentence, so it's no, really I've change. never <laughs> experienced that. <laughs> uh, it was a fun episode, I think. Yeah, it was great. Uh, people are saying it was on. Uh, we yeah no <laughs> it was very it fun it was very good we talk about the movie overall uh, just generally a little bit of where the MCU is at but we try to really focus on the actual content there's of a the bunch movie. of stuff we talk about sci-fi references in the movie things that worked things that didn't it's a review are you missing space balls from 30 years ago <laughs> then boy do we have the we, movie we for brought you. a lot of correlation to other movies that aren't related at all <laughs> which we really try to pigeonhole in there you know I did think great. a lot of it was going to be about Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy <laughs> boy was I wrong. Uh, also, we have a creator crush coming out. It's going to be Russell Downerman. It sure is. Yes, Kaylin and I spoke with Russell um, earlier this week. Actually, I'm very excited. Oh, how is he? Hey, yeah, so I good. Mean, you guys are friends now, uh, Russ. Yeah, a little old Russ. Uh, well, Russell is actually a fan. He's a little homo of the show. His words, not ours. Um, <laughs> so, had a great time chatting with him. We talked about um, all of the wonderful stuff he's done with X Men more recently. So, Hellfire Gala looks. Uh, trading card variants, uh, costume cover variants, and then we got a little bit more into his Mighty Thor work and some of his other stuff, including a little-known acting career. So definitely take a listen if you want to find out where that was from and what's that about. Um, it was a great time. Yeah, if you've seen his work, you're a fan of it. I mean, it's yeah. incredible. It's so good. I hope he was in Wicked. That's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> <laughs> um, You'll have to listen to find out, but no. I can't <laughs> wait to find But uh, we did also, he's a huge fan of Hated It or Hotted It, so we got to do a lot of that, which mm. is really fun with a, a fashion. 90, 90 minutes person. finally of Hated It or Hotted It. <laughs> uh, and there was a, it's, a, it's an X-Men animated series edition, so you can all play along. Jubilee's, yes. Jubilee's Bob did come up. <laughs> <laughs> season five, Bob, and he loved it. He really did hot most of it. Um, it's an upgrade. Yeah. That's All right. right. So that that uh, creator crush is coming out on Monday, November twentieth. Check it out then. We will be off next week for the Thanksgiving holiday. Yes. Um, so and stuff. Don't expect a regular episode. Nope. 
on episode. <laughs> expect a Thanksgiving message. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into a preview review. I don't have to tell you folks out there. You know that there was a trailer that came out for Madam <laughs> Web. Uh, so Cassie Webb has seen death and now has visions of the future and can use that power to save lives. Is her, What's her name? Is her name Cassie? Just, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> for now it is, yeah. Her parents studied spiders in the Amazon and presumably slept with them in order for their children to be able to have all the powers of a spider. I might be piecing some of this together from a really long expository trailer, yeah. but let's dig into what actually happened. All right, so the Madam Web logo features the Empire State Building and the Statue of Liberty yeah. and has a character say, New York City is a whole new level of crazy these days. Adam, as our resident New York expert, yeah. are you worried this movie might not take place in New York? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, I, it looked a lot like Canada, I'm assuming, but yeah, I don't... I. As a person who used to drive through in the 80s as a child with my parents on the way to work, um, the New York is not, it was crazier back in like the 70s and the 80s. Like it's not that, <laughs> there's no level of crazy that I think has been reestablished as it's become what a much more homogenous area. And could they have worked in the Twin Towers as well? That's all I'm saying. <laughs> um, but Because it, it feels earlier. It feels 70s, 80s, That's an it? interesting question. Uh, <laughs> We're going to skim right over I what feel I, like I saw. Yeah. I feel like I saw one of them use a phone, right? Yeah, but what kind? Their cabs look modern. This is a parallel universe. Venom's in it probably. But uh when because i want to go back to the guy on the train who is just like the new york city is a whole lot crazier man oh you mean the stereotypical casting yeah that has to have like well, we have to have a person of color who just acts so shocked and surprised Only when, in new york yeah, like all right <laughs> can he have a bigger role i don't understand why he's here uh the old woman who yeah. shakes her newspaper at dakota johnson <laughs> What was her deal? What's her angle? Well, so that's what this this movie. It was so focused on her though that I was like, "This hmm. that's what it is." This trailer hmm. is such a fever dream that I thought when she got into that, they were like, "That was Matt, like an old Madame Web." And then I thought the guy, like the only New York guy, was like going to be a main a character, like yeah. a just kind of like, "Oh, welcome to the Web Train, yeah. and here's what's really going <laughs> like on. We're going to grow the, you up." The New York equivalent of Kathmandu is a subway train. Well, it's where they're like, you've got to learn from the Madam Well, because it's like when you <laughs> when you start an origin story movie, which obviously the this is, they give you the whole exposition of who she is and where she came from and hanging out with Adam Scott for no fucking reason. But like, the I thought paramedics. She, I thought she was going to be one learning lessons and powers, and instead she's also learning while teaching three other women who they are also spiders. Yeah. <laughs> so, I I was just like, what the fuck is happening? So you're not used to dealing with multiple spider women. Is that is that what I'm hearing? You're just like you usually just talk to. One oh, you're you think woman. you're a feminist? Name all the spider. <laughs> I'm women. not a poly spider woman. I'm sorry, just okay. to, I'm a monaga spider yeah. woman. Well, I'm not judging, but it's saying a lot about you. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, we have a bunch of spider women. Uh-huh. And the one thing that's connecting them is that Madam Web is stalking all of them quite clearly. Yeah. I know that they're connected because they told me so in the trailer. No. Who are these women? Okay, so all these spider women love diners. That's what we know first and <laughs> foremost. Um, okay, so we have uh, – so it's Cassandra Webb. I don't know if she goes by Cassie. She's younger, so maybe. Um, so then we have Julie Carpenter. Stop it. What? Wait. Is <laughs> – no, it's is, Cassandra Webb. Is is Dakota Johnson's character Cassandra yeah. Webb? Yeah. I was doing Cassie Webb as a joke. That was no, like she, that sounds so stupid. That sounds so fucking dumb. You should write this movie. 
comfy. No, bit. that's bad writing. <laughs> what did you think her name was going to be? It's, Charlotte? I don't know. <laughs> Cassie? I, I knew her name was Cassie, but I thought it might be like Thompson or We're something We're also else. living in an age where everyone's name just meant exactly what you were back in comics. So yes. she's been around for a long it's, time. Well, like, do you remember Jerry Rhino? Well, no, but that's what it is. A return to what? The 16, whenever the, like it was like, well, I was going to yeah. say like, you know, Johnny Butcher and like oh, Susie you, Sheepmaker. Because you're named after your job, like Tom yeah. Smith. You got it. Yeah. Thank you. I couldn't literally think, I couldn't think of any of the actual jobs that became names. So our three uh, lucky ladies, um, diner, diner slubs, um, Julia Carpenter, <laughs> She was Spider Woman for a while. She's the one that probably you know maybe the most. Um, she was wearing that black outfit. She's the iconic, seen. yeah, black costume with she, the white features had, on the arm she had, and legs. She has had the most like comic time, and she's been uh, on the West Coast Avengers and some other stuff. Um, Maddie Franklin, um, she was like a Spider Girl for a while. Also, Arana. Um, so that would be a fun little yeah. take on that. Um, she was mostly like an alternate universe. That she took place in, but she had her own series for a while. Gotcha. Yep. And then we have Anya Corazon as well, which also had her own. No, that, I'm sorry. That was Arana. That's what I was going to say. That yeah, was she's Arana. Arana, yeah. But and then um, no, I'm sorry. I, I got that mixed up. So Maddie was the one that looked sort of like the Scarlet Spider with the the tentacles. Yes. Mm. So at one point they were all kind of hanging out together, especially during a lot of these spider events. They'll all sort of get together and be like, wow, we really are spider women. Am I right? <laughs> um, but so it was like sex in the city, but. If it didn't take place in New York <laughs> in the 70s or 80s. Yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. Um, I'm interested to see where this goes, especially that we know that we're going to have Ben Parker as <laughs> Adam Scott. And then also Emma Roberts is Mary Parker. Oh, my God. Emma Roberts is going to be. No, I knew she was starring in it, but I didn't know what she'd be playing. Sh- that's spoilers. That. So I'm sorry, listeners. If, Baby just erase Peter your mind. Parker. <laughs> so I mean, it's you're going to it's in the research. So correct. Yeah. But so in theory, I think they'll be interacting with them. So we're going to have some relation to it's just weird that this many spider characters have probably existed before uh, Peter Parker ever existed. Do you think do you think that New Yorkers are alarmed at the number of spider specific heroes and villains <laughs> that are running around? I mean, if you've ever seen The Flash, the answer is no. The city never cares how many people have the exact same powers wearing different costumes and I, doing the exact guys, same Guys, I've never been more excited for a movie in my entire life. This looks so fucking fun and so terrible. I can't Okay, so the cast is great, right? All yeah. great actresses. The the actual characters are really fun from the comics. The, the cinematography is outrageous. The graphics look terrible. I'm so excited for this. It's going to be all over the place. I am y'all. so happy for this movie to exist as another women-driven superhero vehicle that as fans just, will hate. Well, and just well, right. Well, that beyond. Well, but see, this is what it is. It's so if it's so bad, it's good. Then that makes it. I feel like it's going to actually accomplish what uh, Morbius couldn't, which is that. I hope it becomes like a Razzie cult classic instead of just a social media meme. And then they try to redo it sort of like Mm -hmm. um, the second Spider-Man was with like uh, Andrew Garfield. Yes. I'm getting a lot of Megan vibes. Yeah. Like we don't know whether it's going to be good or bad, but we know that it's going to be camp and every gay person is here for it. Some of these actresses are so fucking popular right now. So I it's going to have a zeitgeist of like it might be Kind of fun. Well, just a, but just a quick <laughs> question good. though. One of the people we haven't talked about is uh, Ezekiel Sims. He's seemingly as the person in the actual like dark Spider-Man costume. Where do you think he is? 
Well, he, I, we don't know I, where I he heard is a couple now. theories. Yeah. Where do you when when you last heard about him? Where was I guess he? we could say it at the same time if you wanted. He, he was in, in the, the Amazon, Amazon with, with my, my mom, mom when she was researching spiders, spiders right before she died. <laughs> oh! <laughs> <laughs> the phenomenon that is that statement. Oh my god! Did you, did any of you guys have flashbacks <laughs> to the sentence breakdown things you had to do, like in elementary school, <laughs> where you're like, "Oh, what's the noun? What's the subject?" And you're, <laughs> sorry for the triggering intro that I gave yeah. for that same reason. <laughs> just trying to fit all this in. It's quite a mouthful. That the internet Dakota is a, really ablaze with this one line. It's on everyone's lips, <laughs> <laughs> and it stays in their mouths for quite some time. It's got a lot of mouthfeel. Um, what do you think is the purpose of this? Are there spiders in the Amazon that tell the future and they were both bit by them? I think, sure. Yeah, I think that's it. Okay. <laughs> yes, and I think it didn't go well. And but then it, she died, but then she maybe was still pregnant. I don't know. We're just theorizing at this point. Oh, you this think is it's, well, not, that's what I was say. You think it's that far of a flashback. This is not related to the comics yeah. whatsoever, y'all. I Ezekiel mean, is not a big role in the comics either. I am just so confused uh-huh. why they didn't just pick one of the spider women to be the main character no. and have Madame <laughs> Webb be an older woman yeah. from the train. Just let her be that train woman. Well, she looks to be about, what, two, three years older than the rest of them. So <laughs> in Hollywood, isn't that an older woman? It's you, like, know? you know, like your babysitter as an adult trying to tell you what to do. Like, shut up. It's no. five years different. <laughs> Fuck you. I just made it to high school. You're in middle school. Shut <laughs> up. Yeah. It's uh, it's wild. It there's a lot of choices. It's I do worry about what it could signal as far as the property rights go to Spider-Man mm-hmm. and that if Sony is trying to set this up as like, "Hey, we're we are going to let those agreements that we have lapse and we're going to have our own Spider-Man." I think the MCU's version of it is much better and I'll be sad to see that that character can't be played out in the future. You don't want to see Madam Web and <laughs> Kang Dynasty? I don't want to see Kang Dynasty <laughs> at all, but a Madam Madam's Web's Kang Dynasty, <laughs> Ruth's you Chris. Don't, you don't want to see <laughs> Madam's Web Dynasty? <laughs> you know what I hate the most about it? When she has her like uh visions, she it just spider webs. <laughs> spider webs are the spider webs from the original Spider-Man intro. <laughs> I will 100. I'll do I'll do some credit where credit's due. I did think the opening sequence of her walking into the diner as like bit like a Blumhouse type thing it was. I did it did hook me. I'm like, point. oh okay, I'm like interested. What could this be? And then it reset to be like, oh no, never mind. It's just a shitty it on li- standard. It literally movie. looked like the shining light when they were at that diner of Blumhouse. Honestly, <laughs> it looked exactly <laughs> like I, I checked out immediately when they did the knife fight thing of you're Flood, you're fighting me and you drop the knife and then I grab the knife you drop and throw it up above you and stab you. I'm like yeah. I've seen it a thousand times. I was fine with it when it happened in the Winter Soldier. I don't need to see that anymore. Yeah, but now drop. it's happening to a woman. Do you think it's a pet? Let's it, do that again. So for the spider women. <laughs> and she just goes back every time to get stabbed again and again. <laughs> the whole movie is just that. Yeah. For spider women, mm-hmm. uh, is it a pesticide ceiling instead of a glass one? Ew. I don't think that makes sense. Should this have been called something else other than Madam Web, or are we okay with this name? I think it's, well, there, what else are you going to call it? A allow- web of madams. <laughs> what else are you going to call it that allows you to have the New York skyline as a part of your logo? I don't think there's any option. You got to go with Madam Web. Web. No, yeah. no, no, no. Madam Web. <laughs> okay. I mean, yeah, it was, um, 
I'm just I'm just so excited. For We're this. it's gonna be crazy. Y'all. All right, pre-order your tickets because it's gonna be good either way. Yeah, <laughs> Sweeney Todd's in it or whatever her fucking name Todd. is. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the trailer for What If Season Two. The Watcher does a squeak wall and has everything. It has everything. A new episode coming out every day for nine days. Michael Douglas's dentures are slipping, and the 100th parody of Die Hard. Uh, is there anything newly exciting? for you having seen the trailer i think the episode that i presume to be peter quill fought earth's mightiest avengers i think they use the majority of that for the opening of the trailer i overall looks fucking fantastic i just love that i'm like ooh, this feels like a real storyline that will be interesting based on just the you know 15 second sequence that they've shown so i feel like they've learned a lot from the first season and they're applying it because all the concepts seem interesting and all of the content shown thus far has me very excited for Christmas. I think they can't go dramatic anymore. I think they have to go wackadoodle. So I'm very excited to see Mario Kart episode. That one looks crazy. <laughs> oh, they're all like, with whoa, Iron Man. Whoa. Yeah, Iron Man. Oh, Crest no, the Grand, Grand a Green Turtle. Like, I, I'm very excited for the, the, the wackiness of this because I don't think this series should take itself that serious. Towards the tail end, I'm like, guys, let's – we're we're not in the main six one six, and it's not affecting. It's too not going to have the impact. Yeah. yeah. So I I am excited for this. Um, I also enjoy the rollout that they're doing. I like on the first day yeah. of what if like I I like that rollout that we get one every single day. So it could kind of create buzz in a very different way than I think we. It's it's a smart on Marvel's part to try to do it that way. So the last season we had something of a surprise ending where the stories were actually connected in some larger way to the Ultron Vision story. Uh, the story about Tony crashing into Sakaar is a story that was supposed to be in the prior season. Yeah. And it looks like the Peter Quill taking over the universe is a continuation of the storyline. What if uh, T'Challa was Star-Lord? Mm-hmm. Uh, do you guys care deeply that it's connected in some way, or would you prefer that it's separated how much do you want them to like try and tell some larger story versus just here's fun stuff i'm comics driven so what if truly was just like a one-off situation that didn't need to be connected so i enjoy the stories to be that truly a one-off and you can kind of pick your own adventure and really enjoy that moment and they can be standalone for me, I don't think they need to be uh, connected necessarily. Um, I'm comics driven, and I need my stuff to be connected. <laughs> so, okay, Gross. so different take, different take on that. Okay, Gross. interesting. But I know I I actually did like the wrap up because I I feel like slice of life or episode of the week stuff for this it it's interesting, but it doesn't hit the same. So I just I need continuity. I need some level of connection. And I mean, I assume and they kind of end the trailer with it of Uatu basically like saying like, uh, I'm back again, bitch. Like the bet you thought you saw the last of me. Yeah, yeah he <laughs> said that. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I, I want some pull through of stuff and to keep building. But I don't need I agree with you that I don't need a big cataclysmic battle. I just need it to make more sense in terms of for the me, effects. the prompts aren't engaging enough. Yeah, it's like they are like. Something no one thought, what if? This They're is just... episode one. What if Nebula joined the Nova Corps? You're <laughs> telling me no one thought of this when they left the movie. It does It does feel a little bit like they're rolling some lottery balls, and then they just pull out <laughs> yeah. random Name. Mad Libs type fill-in. They, they are probably getting the voice actors or the ones that do what their voice. What if Thanos 
slept with <laughs> uh, Asgard. Asgard. What? Okay. Okay. Um, I am excited for the uh, new character that they're creating, Kahori. Yeah. Uh, I believe she's gonna yes. have her own episode of if she raped, reshaped the world. So like, um, that's a fascinating like probably I assume open that and close one maybe has some legs that yeah. I'm really interested in. Um. So. Uh, what if Wanda was into musicals, got booted to the next season? So mad. How do you feel that, A, we won't be seeing it, but also, B, we basically have confirmation there's going to be a season three? Um, Good and good. Um, all right, and we cover all points no, no, no. <laughs> on Talking I'm actually, More. I'm, a, I'm actually mad because was Sebastian Stan's voice that bad that they were like, no, you can't sing on this shit? Like, what the fuck? Like, why, why was it prolonged? Was it making them I, actually sing? If I had to assume, uh-huh. it would be that it's hard to write musicals. It's hard to write that kind of stuff, that content. And so they just kind of pushed it back further and further. And then as it got, took longer and longer to actually fully produce. It was like a full movie, right? Yeah, that's what I think we reported on that was going to be like a feature length musical, essentially. Yeah, I thought it was going to be longer as an episode, but I didn't think it was going to be that uh, much longer. Maybe they said it was going to be. Uh, either way, uh, they're they're producing all these episodes often very independently yeah. and if that one just kept getting closer and closer to the deadline it would not be made so just like why don't i'm we, okay for the drag out why, it's that's our thing now let's just kick one episode into next season I know. you want me to watch 10 days in a row but i got nine that that was the one that i was intrigued by well too bad fuck you they said yeah <laughs> yeah and everyone else is worried about what if nebula was in the nova core <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ, you're an outlier, Ryan. What if she Ryan. was? What if she was, though? <laughs> extra, extra. Uh-oh, that means that our our preview review is okay, done, do and it. it's time for some news. You're handing me a piece of paper. Let me read it right now. Um, Thank you so much. Um, something just came across my desk. Okay. In breaking was news. Was it Adam? <laughs> Ew. Adam. You like, the, you like those comics? <laughs> comics? What are comics? You know, okay. if, if mom Caitlin was here... None of these jokes would fly. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and may she rest. Um, okay, so in a startling announcement that CBR has reported on, um, another rumored Mr. Fantastic. Yes, the fourth in the row of Mr. Fantax- uh, Fantastics have, has come out. So we've had John, uh, John Krasinski coming back as the role. We've had Penn Badgley. Um, we've had Adam Driver. And now the rumors are Pedro Pascal will be taking the role of Reed Richards. I know we're all exhausted. Um, what are our thoughts on this newest development? I j- at this point, just give it to me, baby. Come on, come <laughs> we on. Will work, we will work through care. every male in America until we find our I, Reed Richards. I was doing a little research before this, and <clears throat> I do mean little. And um, Ryan Gosling, <laughs> Ryan Gosling was rumored to also be. That would have been. But terrible. it's like I'm sure. I'm sure. You know, there's been a hundred people who have auditioned for the part, and they've had no reason to like. There, there could be a, a claim. There could be a hundred people in this alternate universe, <laughs> and only one can be Reed Richards. Am I, I right? I just. I mean, Pedro Pascal <laughs> seems like he'd. Be, I think he'd be a great Reed Richards. I think he'd probably be a better Doom. Okay. Uh, but I think he's got all the fatherly characteristics you want. The thing I'm most concerned about is yeah, that this for Reed, you, yeah. 
This reason, <laughs> this reason, for most of the, just like Nebula, everyone wants Pedro Pascal's daddy. <laughs> he's already got the look, yeah. Uh, I, I don't think he has the character though. He's only ever he's played stoic great. He's wonderful in The Last of Us. Uh, what about Mandalorian? He doesn't feel like a, a <laughs> right a hyper genius. That's what it is. Like I don't think he's ever played a smarty. Why well, I, I don't think he's ever played like someone who you're like you're terrified of their intellect. Right, but no, but he doesn't okay, need to. I he seems like a smart guy. I will read the people that. Does Adam Driver seem that way? Is Does Adam Penn Driver Badgley? is Adam Driver going to be Mr. Reed Richards? <laughs> is he going to be Mr. I Fantastic? I Reed. Yeah, Reed. You, you, <laughs> you are into this daddy stuff now. <laughs> I'm just saying, you name a person who's going to be Reed Richards on there, and I'm going to tell you, Kelsey no. Grammer. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's tough. I am it's a hard wor- hit, I'm yeah. worried that this will become like one of those Hollywood things of like the cursed role. Yeah. Of well, Reed the Richards. bigger thing that's more confusing is. I mean, Pedro, I think, is like 48. And that is like, in terms of what I want, that is the right age all for the setbacks. Yeah. Reed Richards. But if they're going, now that we're in this kind of evolutionary mode for the MCU, all the rumors are sticking on like the Fantastic Four are going to be really picking this up and all this shit. Like, he's not going to have that many movies in him before. No. Like, he definitely needs, it, it probably needs to be a younger character because the Fantastic Four is such a huge property for Marvel. I'm sure they look at that as being high up there with Spider-Man and right uh, and the Avengers that it's we, like that is something that makes so much money you need to start at 35 38 it's only because of how long these Old. movies take like I mean <laughs> he he does like he fits the profile he fits the stuff but like it's exactly that I'm like 10 years from now would he really be the right fit and I mean if they're comfortable with it than I am because I do like it's great that they're extending ages of these I actors like that, that you're put a team together like that it's um I just I want these rumors to stop coming out. I know it's like, is it is it Marvel scrambling or is it news outlets They're just, just testing. grasping at anything? What's, it, it could be well, what's even well, yeah. what's really interesting in this one is if you look like you know obviously CBR and a bunch of other sites are usually clickbait, but like yeah. their headlines are they used to be like so and so rumored for da da da. This one is literally he's gonna be it. Like so something feels well, like it's even it more. With other things that's too, fair. Yeah. I wonder how much is like any individual's agent spreading Pushing kind of rumors around. and then like seeing if there's like actual interest in it. No, yeah, that's a good point. Oh, everyone's talking about Ryan Reynolds possibly being Mr. Fantastic. I just hope he has gray hair. That's all I want in this world. I think you, you just want him us. to have gray hair. But it's got it on the bot, yeah, on the side. That's like yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let's get into MC Next TV. Uh, it's our weekly recap of all things on MCU, Disney Plus TV shows. Uh, we are reviewing uh, season two, episode six of Loki and uh, season five, episode seven of X-Men, the animated series. Um, Loki, let's get into it because this was pretty big. Um, but before we begin, we'd like to acknowledge that there are continued domestic abuse charges against Jonathan Majors. And as the case nears a possible trial, there have been additional updates. You can Google if you are interested. We will be discussing uh, Major's potential non-role in the MCU a, l- a little later, but hopefully we won't have to continue this discussion in the future, trying to split the art from the artist. Uh, this stuff is serious. Take it seriously. All right. Uh, we've got another less serious, important announcement. Keep them coming. Listener Drake Roberts, a.k.a. Petty Officer Pumpkin, <laughs> <laughs> brought to our... We att- love you, Petty Officer. <laughs> brought to our attention last week when discussing Season 2, Episode 5 of Loki, we made a terrible error. We claimed that on a branch timeline, B-15 was a nurse 
when clearly she was a doctor. And technically, in a universe uh, of infinite branch timelines, there is a B-15 who is a nurse. In fact, with, with all of Infinity, like, all of us are nurses somewhere, even and possibly especially you, Adam. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm very proud of that, friend. That, that's beside the point. There's nothing wrong with being a nurse, but B-15 does deserve the respect due to a character who put in the work to go to medical school, she did. have a residency, she did, yeah. get their she doctorate. Like a damn good one, too. You know, get their you doctorate, know. even if it's only to talk to an extra without a speaking role. <laughs> yeah. There's no place for sexism or racism on the sacred or any timeline. We apologize for our thoughtless commentary, even though, again, technically, sexism and racism only exist on timelines. We're sorry. We will be better. I don't know what that means. Or at very least, more. <laughs> I guess they really only exist this on timelines. Time <laughs> All right. Let's do a recap. So, like the Ouroboros, Loki's ended where it began with glorious purpose. We have a super spoiler review, so if you don't want anything ruined, you should jump ahead faster than a time-slipping Loki. Having learned to ju- having just learned how to control his time-slipping, Loki jumps back to just before the time loom explodes and tries to work his way through iteration after iteration of saving every timeline. When the plans to expand the loom succeed... Uh, and then very suddenly fail, Loki, ha- Loki has to move backward through time to find another solution to his problem. Let's start at the beginning of the end. Uh, Loki can intentionally time slip. He tries to get Victor uh, timely down the. He tries to get Victor timely down the gangway. I'm saying the word time so many. It's <laughs> so it's too many times. It's so yeah. much. All right, so he can intentionally time slip. He's trying to get Victor down the gangway. Yeah. Learns that everything there is to know about physics and engineering over a few centuries. Ryan, if you had several centuries to learn a subject bit by bit, what would you try and learn to become a god-level expert? Oh, uh, First and foremost, I'd also try to get down the gangway all the time. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, oh, you know what? <laughs> Just be pulled apart in spaghetti constantly. <laughs> I would, like, stick my hand out a little bit and then eat some of the spaghetti because I'm still wondering how it tastes. Because I know <laughs> at next, this point. And yeah. the next time you go down, you're like, bring Parmesan. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to murder myself every time. No, um, no. what I would know, what I fucking would know is I would learn every fucking language. So I, I would be able to speak every fucking language. So I would just do centuries of learning every language. I, like I think that. that would be really cool. That's a good one. What, what would you try to learn? My yeah, special skill. Um, or it could be a fun party trick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe be a doctor. I don't know. <laughs> or a nurse. Uh, it would definitely exactly. be, I mean, it would be something to just generate a lot of income to just stop at some point. <laughs> like, it would just okay, be like, great Google. Great. Well, it's like, what happens next? How do I, like, I don't know. I'm just like, it's I actually was such a horrible thing because like you were like learn every language. I was like, well, that's fucking stupid. What could you like magically? You're gonna spend hundreds of years doing. <laughs> I mean, that seems like a good use of my time. Oh, it's very yeah. intelligent. <laughs> but I'm just like, well, what's the end, what's the end game? What do I what do I come out with? After Not this? talking to I, you, that's for sure. After this, <laughs> yeah. maybe, maybe you can learn some conversation skills. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I don't what, know. What do you think about uh, the uh, Kalen says the timey wiminess of this whole sequence was his favorite part. What did you think about the repeated looping? I thought it was excellent. I thought it was very well done in that we didn't have it immediately got into it to go like, you know what's coming. And then they just did the whole montage yeah. stuff versus having to have elongated conversations about it. I think of um, 
we really like this movie, Ryan. Happy Death Day. Love. Like that, they have to kind of build up that archetype and that thing, and then it could speed up over time. I just love that they were like, we'll just literally jump right, like a hundred year, hundreds of years later. I just thought they nailed the pacing of it to make it really fun and interesting. Montages are gonna be a comedic beat. Now, this is just the way it's, they're not taken seriously at all anymore. And it was nice to have a little bit of levity in the beginning of this, knowing how like serious this fucking episode was going to be. Well, so I, I was excited for this, knowing that deeper stuff was going to come later. To me, there were, it reminded me of the one of the reviews that came out pretty early on that was harsh of the show and said it's not the show really doesn't have like a mischievous Loki. Mm. Where does he stand as a character? He's like used to be bad, but now he's kind of good. Where am I supposed to think about him? And I thought this I was thought super mischievous. Yeah. yeah. Mischievous. Uh, if I was in the position of any of those characters and Loki was running around doing all this crazy shit, if I was Morbius, I would think this guy is fucking up to something. Mm-hmm. It, But it, it was him being as sincere and honest and trying to be a different person. And yet it also still looked like he was crazy and fucking shit. I love when he looked so insane. Even Sylvie, like, that was a little bit, like, disjected from, like, the entire situation being like, What's what the on? fuck are yeah. you doing? <laughs> so they are able to ultimately expand the loom and it explodes. What did you guys think, feel? What did you think of the explanation that it's an infinite number of timelines and a finite loom? How'd you guys feel? I think it made a lot of sense. I yeah. was like, this is the natural conclusion for what they've been talking about. And if they found like a typical Marvel way to just say, well, we expanded it. It got fixed. Like, no, that's not how branching timelines work. You're it's literally like you start if you just keep branching, like you will fill up the entire box kind of idea and then they'll break the box and like that kind of stuff. So I, I thought it was really smart use of it. I always thought like it was nonsense that they were trying to be like, well, this is how you control infinite. And I'm like, it didn't make sense right. to me to begin with. So like that explanation, it was like, oh, yeah, you guys just have to deal with reality. So right you now. would have used your centuries of time to make my a, relatively, obvi- to make a relatively obvious point. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry, I, would, I can't. I would have spoken uh, every language to every time. <laughs> well, I would have just been like, and have I got the new loom for you? I can sell this to you just for a couple of trillion of dollars. You you just get five friends at the TVA, and they get five friends into the TVA. You build your own loom, then you get five friends to build their you loom. Can you, know I love, boss. you know I love cults. You know I love MLMs. I would do that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so look. Loki goes back further in time, realizes he could, you know, if he's killed Sylvie, he could allow uh, he who remains to still remain. Remain. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he who remains. Wow. Wow. Sexism everywhere in this. Tell me how you'd kill Sylvie. (laughs) Would you kill Sylvie or do you think that you would, uh, you know, try and do something? I would. Grab one of the McDonald's fryers, just fresh out of thing. <laughs> time skip right on her face. Oh I, my God. Um, I, I think it's an easy decision because I find Sylvie sort of annoying sometimes. I think Clark, <laughs> Clark and Kaylin would kill Sylvie yes, yes, whether yes, or yes, not yeah. she. Yes, affected I think they life. suggested that before we knew that she was an integral to that part. Um, but what you're ultimately looking at is a version of yourself that is trying to do better, right? Yeah. I think it also plays with into the sexier the... haircut. <laughs> well, yeah. So would you kill the female version of yourself? Uh, that is, would you kill Vicky and Kiana? <laughs> <laughs> I'd kill Vicky. <laughs> I'd kill Kiana. <laughs> Her book's never coming, coming out. out. <laughs> I know. No, I, um, I do think that 
it was really well done in terms of it being a hard choice. And I, like you were saying, Brent, it was like, this Loki is the Loki that exists within the MCU. So like they have developed so significantly and so thoughtfully as a character. And if for, for them to just go, all right, well, let's just go, let the sacred timeline get into motion would also completely undercut the value of season one. Like all the pieces really came into place for this. And I just, I don't think unless it was going to be a plot point, like in, in service of whatever Kang storyline they had, there really is no reason to keep he who remains alive because they already knew that was the wrong answer to begin with. They're just scared of the ramifications. So that kind of let's just see what happens continues to play back into the mischievous Loki. Like how do I solve this? Get what I want. And I don't know. I just, I really enjoyed it. We had a plot twist ish where he who remains was seemingly aware that Loki was time slipping. Yeah. Then we had another That's plot cool. twist where Loki reveals that he is able to control time with his hand and not just a temp pad uh-huh. like also a cool. fucking amateur. Uh, Don't let someone know you know time slipping unless you have another time slipping wig underneath <laughs> yeah, that. Exactly. <laughs> These guys are time heisting each other. Yeah, I loved it. Um. So I Gag. once again, I think the exposition parts with He Who Remains are some of my favorites. Mm-hmm. I did not like that the Loom's explanation was, "Oh, well, it's an infinite number of timelines for a finite uh, Loom. It's gonna explode no matter what." Because that does feel like a thought you should have thought of <laughs> pretty early, a uh, couple generations. So, like ago, at least yeah. year one hundred, yeah, maybe. <laughs> Uh, so that the explanation was actually, no, it's that once it reaches too many timelines uh, at a certain threshold, it's just going to blow up in order to protect the sacred timeline. Yeah, I think was a it's an interesting fail safe that I really liked. And it kind of explains why, you know, some of the prior characters were not as concerned. Sylvie in particular was not as concerned about the destruction of her branch timeline because uh, she was fine right. where she yeah. was. Um <clears throat> So what did you guys make of the ending where Loki has a conversation with Morbius or Mobius and Morbius? <laughs> it's it's well, Mobin time. It's, that that would have been a weird alternate <laughs> timeline. So he has a conversation with Mobius and then Sylvie and then realizes that he must truly become a god and accept the great responsibility that comes with his power by becoming the guardian of all timelines. How did you guys feel about this whole third act? Do you have any thoughts in general about what this means for the character? Um, and maybe this was because it was the last episode. I felt a lot of emotion yeah. with it. I, I thought it was really well done. Um, the, the, their conversations all felt very real. It felt very much like a goodbye and that it may not be undone, even though if they do another timeline. And also that I don't know what it is in storytelling – that they do, but if you're peering through some sort of glass with people and you go, no, what are you doing? <laughs> Baby, that's going to make me cry every yeah, single time. Yeah. Oh You've seen it with, like, Doctor Who. You've I was seen about to it say. With, like, it just, it really, it's like you want to stop them, but you can't. I It really gets to me just seeing all, it, it's a little tropey, but I don't care. It really does pull up my heartstrings, and it did make me feel a lot. I Because he really did, he didn't have connections like this before, so like he did kind of find, 
you know, was it probably himself that he was fucking? Yeah, sure. <laughs> and was it um, was Mobius liking jet skis too much? Yes. But like I he really found friends in a way that he never did before. So he actually had to feel something in a way he never did. As Even he, with Thor they, and his family. They and good stuff. placed him into being like a super moral person. Yeah, I was. Um, a, yeah, I've been one. watching Doctor Who ahead of the specials coming out. And I have, I've never and I've never seen now, it. And you're you? a hundred. I just watched the one today where it was the. It was the season, the Christmas special finale of the last David Tennant season. Oh, yeah. And when he is basically... Does he lose Billy Piper at that point? No, or? so they've already... clipped, But that was also another one, the season four or three. Whenever it's the big, like, they bring Torchwood, they bring in this. Yeah. All of their seasons always have these, like, giant cataclysmic finales where there's always some level of, like, pass around cry fest. And, like, yeah. I do... Tear, I agree with you that, like... He's like going back. He's about to regenerate and become Matt Smith, I think, takes over. Yeah. And like he's like going into they're kind of closing out the arc, essentially, mm -hmm. like a, a comic book. And you're just like, it's devastating because even though like I didn't watch all of the episodes, it's like, oh, man, this is who I like, like Donna Noble's character, like all this stuff. And so you hit the nail on the head perfectly of these two seasons together are really, really strong. And the one thing that I just wish that Disney did in order to boost the quality of the show or at least the buzz about the show rather than the quality of this, the quantity of subscriptions they had is release this all at once or do a six days of Loki type shit because yeah. oh. where it started and where it ended as a season, it was a beautiful movie and it should have all been able to be watched in one sitting because it's a really good story. This overall. is a weird show because I feel like it's an adaptation of a comic book that doesn't exist yeah. that there is this part of it well where it's like said. there's a lot yeah. of brilliant thinking about i have an idea about where loki's gonna go there's some underlying plot elements that i think oh this would actually kind of play out a little bit better in a comic book like the stuff with ravona all of a sudden getting dropped off <gasps> and it's no longer an important part of the second half of the second yeah. season it it feels very much like something i don't know alan moore would write um I think that for th this ending was very satisfying for me. I think that the thing that I love is how many Easter eggs are sewn throughout and how many references to other stuff. So like huge kudos to Natalie Holt, the composer. Uh, her music is just yeah. incredible. That's but awesome. uh, to bring up uh, Yggdrasil, the, the, mm. the tree, world tree yeah. the world tree, um, I didn't even think about this until I saw a fucking tree that there's a reason why they're called branched timelines. Mm, uh, bitch. I didn't think about I didn't, that until, until now. now. <laughs> exactly. Uh, good, also, good point. Yeah. Uh, someone else pointed this out to me, The uh, that the time stone is green. Yes. Uh, that's been, that's I, been building up a lot uh, now because of yeah. that kind of, like, kind of idea. I don't know why I love it. So Loki's the time stone. Scarlet Witch potentially has the um, mind. Which one is? No. Yeah. Let's not go. Yeah. Let's not do each so, one. <laughs> So okay, but like, which one are you? <laughs> I think I think we all agree. Loki had a very satisfying ending. What did you think about what happened with the other characters? Is there anything you would change about their stories? Ravona just being in ancient Egypt. All right, I'm wait, in. Wait, no, no, she's at the end of time. <laughs> she got dropped off of the void. No, but there was a fucking weird pyramid at the end. Yeah, it's she's in the void at the end of time. And apocalypse no. is in there. Yeah. <laughs> ah! Okay, well now I'm on board. Actually, don't use her until you bring her back <laughs> for apocalypse. Yeah. Well, bitch, if they did that, she could be Genesis. Kaylin, Kaylin, oh, bitch. Kaylin did ask, uh, okay, is great. Ravona seeing Elioth? Or he who remains, 
or Mephisto at the end of that scene. <laughs> no, it's it's Barney with backlighting. Is what he's saying. Uh, I I I did one of the other reasons why I liked this so much is the final scene being you know Mobius stopping in on his world and then Sylvie showing up and they're having a conversation. It once it just that was like giving me such like good indie movie vibes, like just a very interesting, thoughtful way to end it that wasn't like, well, let's just, you know, make us all about Loki. I was like, what an interesting last scene for the show. I mean, besides his like face smiling at the, the end. The brightness on uh Mobius's face as a final shot for him. Uh I thought, is this something like is it Wes Anderson? Is it yeah. like the Coen Brothers? I don't know. Um, but a very satisfying final end to the episode of having Loki. No. Kind of being like, oh, I'm going to watch my friend on the timeline. To end in calmness is a powerful thing to do. And like it's I they did it so well with him and then Mobius at the end. And I just I I really I really enjoyed it. Um, they could do another season. And I think they could do it really well. But I, I I've really enjoyed these. It should really together. be story. Whatever their next game is, it should got to be story oriented versus like it money. really it really does disprove that like Marvel doesn't got it anymore. Like it's it makes me very mad. I know there's some <coughs> obvious stuff that they might have to change because of recent events, but it's it's this is a good having this and the marvels drop like in the same week or so has been an incredible revitalization for my own self personally in the mcu at least showing that it's stabilizing if not back to like the exact types of things that i love about it so so uh one thing we learned after the jonathan majors allegations came out was that probably as a result of how beloved he was in season one of loki they decided to boost Kang's role in the future movies. I'm a little bit skeptical of that because I don't think that they're, the timeline of that for production makes sense. But Marvel has announced now uh, that, well, reportedly, the strong rumors are that they will be abandoning the Jonathan Majors Kang storyline uh, and possibly substituting in some other villain for Secret Wars. It is not clear what they are doing with their... They, they've maintained the copyrights to Kang Dynasty, but they seem to not be advertising as much. And they themselves it. have no idea what they're saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you can suggest they're doing a writing campaign <laughs> to see it, what will be the future of the Avengers. There's also reports of changing the name from Kang Dynasty to like Infinity Dynasty or something like that mm -hmm. to like draw it back to or Avengers Dynasty. Is it something yeah. like that just to draw the it? The Avengers. Though. Avengers Dynasty. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Avengers, I, yes. You know what I always say? It's too many Avengers. Yeah, it's Avengers. Too many. Yeah. Avengers, Avengers Dynasty, Avengers Dynasty. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and well, you have you can still have that could be the actual finale finale for him. Like they can close the storyline while introducing somebody else. Very, they just don't need him for Secret Wars is what very, I'm kind of reading on I think this. There's a very smart button that's been put onto this story of yeah, now Loki is the guardian of all the timelines. Yeah. So even if there are infinite Kangs, they, they would it. have to take it from him. Yeah. He is who remains now. Yes. Loki is he who remains. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he who remains. He who. It's hard. Your to first say. name is he who? <laughs> <laughs> so I was looking That's at Mr. Remains to you. <laughs> so with the fact that Majors is leaving. Yeah. Uh, phase four is ending next year with Deadpool three and Captain America New World Order in uh, February of 2025. Then later that you mean year, phase five, baby, but go on. Sorry, phase five. <laughs> uh, keep I'll go fuck myself. <laughs> phase six will allegedly be in 2025. It'll have 
Fantastic Four, Captain America 4, Thunderbolts, and Blade all coming out in 2025. Uh, and then Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars would be coming out in the May of each subsequent year. That just seems impossible, right? Yes. Impossible. <laughs> After they were literally like, we're going to slow down. We're going to do blank. Like, I don't, it just, it, it literally means they're giving themselves one year to right size what they're doing. But all of that, that's all going to change. There's no way they can it's keep up with this It's all oopsie poopsie scoopsie right now. And they don't know what the fuck they're doing. And so they're trying to pigeonhole in the Fantastic Four. And may they, may they cast someone eventually. But and then also they're just gonna get the X Men in there as well because I heard it's gonna be Pedro Reynolds <laughs> or Adam Pascal. Ill. They're just gonna fuse people together. They're, I do love. Yeah, they, Kevin Feige. He's got a gun and he's like, "Get in there, get in that pigeonhole right now, you fucking bitches." <laughs> he's he writes names on pigeons and he just whichever one he kills with a gun, well, he's just like, "That's well, that's." Well, they gotta I, move. I, they, I don't think that's how pigeonholing works. <laughs> To move, they I'm have to move. They have to move like fast. You, so Brent. everyone's everyone's double casted. So Pedro Pascal is uh, Reed Richards and Doctor Doom. Yeah. They're just gonna keep. They're like, quick, put this wig on. Okay, now put this dress on. Okay, now you're over here. I hear they're gonna create an it's actual. It's a wig and a dress. They're gonna create an actual alternate timeline to show all the movies to see which ones work in the sacred one. Yeah. Oh my Christ! All right, let's get on with X Men: The Animated Series season let's do five. Something that's also very serious. <laughs> it's very old. Season episode seven: Old Soldiers. Bad European accents run wild as Wolverine thinks back to the time when he fought during World War II and teamed up with Captain America. They must break into a Nazi establishment to rescue the kidnapped scientist Andra Andre Cocteau and fight the Red Skull. Um, Wolverine starts this by meeting Ernie and the other war vets. He also lusts after a bistro. Brent, as a food aficionado, what do you think they served at that French bistro that would have Logan so horny for it? I didn't remember this is World War II. <laughs> <laughs> when did this happen? There they, are, said, they said it was 50 oh, no, no. years. No, that, no, no, it's at the beginning. Oh, yeah, that's right. Andre's. Right. right. Yeah. They said, we're celebrating 50 years. Yeah. And the 50-year-old man <laughs> said that. <laughs> he's like... <laughs> He looks. He looks like he's fifty. Well, maybe he was fifty years of marriage. Andre. You know I, mean? <laughs> I mean, well, we can cut straight to the chase. But Andre's daughter shows up again. <gasps> Justine. Yes. She hasn't aged a fucking Her day. Her skin is amazing. And she's like, Wolverine, you look incredible. And he's yeah, like, So sure. do you. My dad and was a Nazi engineer <laughs> who also developed amazing skin creams. He worked for Coco Chanel. Uh, no, there's the. the I guess. It's two references in the episode to a bistro because then Justine's like, let's get us to a bistro after this. Well, Why is it so French? They called it a bistro. She called it a bistro. They, the men right. called it a bistro. <laughs> when well, when they walk away, Wolverine just goes, accents. oh, I would give nothing to be at that bistro with the two of Oh, yeah. <laughs> if only I could be at that bistro <laughs> with you, Jennifer or so, whatever, yeah, whatever so his name the, was. The, it wasn't Jennifer. The, the 50-year-old, 78-year-old. <laughs> It's like, oh, oh, I'm sorry, man. I thought you were, uh, I thought you were someone I knew, someone I fought along with in war. And Wolverine, who hates the troops, is like, "Fuck you, get out of here, go enjoy your bistro, enjoy your croissant." He did, no, but he didn't want to hang out with him because he was like, "He's gonna recognize me, and I'm not just his. Son. You could be his son. Yeah. Like th <laughs> they wouldn't know." But he really did want to hang out with his old war buddy. I want to go to that bistro so bad. Um, I want to go to Bistro so, so bad. I want to Bistro <laughs> Makes so bad. Makes me want to Bistro real bad. What did you all think about uh, Wolverine's uh, got jokes? He called him Uncle Adolf and then called them goose-stepping goons. Um, they're out of jokes now. 
and they're real bad. <laughs> Did everyone call him because other people called him Uncle Adolf as well? And was that a, it? Might have been an old reference. I I was that probably. rude? I thought I, I don't it know. It better have been. I don't know if was it was like Uncle a, or rude. Well, I, I assumed it would have been sarcastic. I'll tell you what's even ruder: uh, a Nazi going, "Maybe it's American spy." Did you? <laughs> Oh, like the, the, that is a burned up there. <laughs> we have the weirdest German you accent. That is American spy. Hera Capitan. So Wolverine is, is willing, willing to blow his cover for a kid who's like about to be bullied for being curfewed. Yeah. He's like, Wolverine, this is not the highest priority. I know it's serious, but it also is war. Uh, there's other things that are going on. What a on. cliche, though, trying to grab a baguette. Come on, kid. Yeah. Get with it. <laughs> Uh, He's the Aladdin. Grab some time. rations. Wolverine meets his contacts, <laughs> contact with the, uh, it's Justine. Like we talked about, the heaviest fake French accent ever. Um, Brent, your middle name is Wingate, but would you change it to Careful, like Wolverine? My middle name is Night Eyes <laughs> because they're always awake. The eyes of liberty never sleep. Um, oh, Cat's annoying in this. Right, he is snatched. By the way, he when he shows up, he has the tiniest waist. He's generic as fuck in this. Am I wrong? It's it's the these colors don't bleed, Captain America. He, he doesn't is. seem to have an insight to what I that got a means. few problems with this episode, and I'll tell you what they a few? are right now. <laughs> this episode, yeah. Um, no, it's first of all. They, they should have been, like, begrudgingly, like, not being friends. They, uh, he was like, I don't know if I'm going to get along with him. And then they immediately get along like nobody's business. Like, they're best friends. They're di- they have different ideals. I would like to see more of that sort of difference between the two. Yeah, this 22-minute kid show really needs to yeah. deconstruct uh, Why don't we – okay, well, we <laughs> dived into Nazi World War II. Yeah. Why not do a little bit more? All right, guys, it's time for our new World War II uh, fashion police segment. Fashion Gestapo. Okay, so <laughs> is it a good idea to rush into battle wearing a bright red and blue outfit all the Fair. time? Well, if you got feathers, if you got not feathers, wings on the top of it, then you're good. Hey, uh, what did you think of the choice to have metal claws uh, to clank up the side of a rocky cliff uh, instead of using your bone? His body has <laughs> bone claws. Like I is, I mean, I don't. I guess they never like firmly established that in the cartoon universe, but like. I think in the old yeah, flashbacks, it's very clear that he still has, like, claws. No, because they did Weapon X, so they, it is right. confirmed, yeah. So it's just very odd to What's, me that he's yeah. like, I kind of like these. I'm like, when did you get your bone claws? I could get used to these. <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, don't forget about Happy Sawyer. Only my men get to call me happy. That <laughs> like, was gay. What that is that? was gay. Uh, I like so, that. Some additional gay when they're trying to break out and, you know, Wolverine's, <gasps> like, tied to it. I love that scene. Oh, my God. And... Captain America learned something about his sexuality. Well, so yeah, Brent, what would you do if a hookup told you to better get ready, glory boy? I'd say slow down, slow down, slow down, slow down. <laughs> slow down, and he goes, I've got the shield. And I'm like, no, slow down. So like, <laughs> and Ryan, what if someone told you that they've had a harder time of opening cans of tuna when you had and I'd be like, I've been there, bub, is what I would say. So Ryan would root around in one of his drawers and give him the tuna can opener. <laughs> Hold on, hold on. I got it. Some here for uh, for cracking Ryan's bussy. <laughs> did you love a clear sailing reference in the show? I did enjoy that. A what? Like as they're running up, originally Wolverine just like look like clear sailing from. It's a throwback to episode one where oh, Morph says okay. that. Um, no, I didn't like that. <laughs> didn't register. Did you love them trying to hold onto a plane and then landing in an unstoppable hayride? <laughs> well, well, I did get cautious um, when they grabbed the plane, and I'll tell you why. Because 
it's dangerous first and foremost. But they were like, I was like, is this the way he's gonna get frozen into the water? I I didn't remember mm. this episode, so I was worried like Wolverine was somehow ingrained in the history of Captain America. Yeah. Luckily, he wasn't, no, but they no. just fell off like dum-dums and fell into a hay pile or whatever. It was such a weird ending. Yeah. But the real ending was... Dun, dun, a dun. real info dump on this woman. Cocteau was actually a double agent. Mon ami. <laughs> and she wants to go... She said it like seven times while she was giving the exposition. And then she wants to just go to that bistro, but not before Wolverine defaces a tombstone. Yes, to I laughed so hard. Where he goes, I got one thing left to do. <laughs> it's deface a veteran's tombstone. Screech. It's. Did you know it was going to say hero? No, I thought it was going to be an X. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that would be rude. Uh, that would be really rude. Yeah. <laughs> Um, we didn't talk about Red Skull. What'd you like about him? Nothing? I, I okay. actually really liked I that there was... I know it's a Wolverine episode, and so it's kind of like, ah, we had enough of those. But I do, this does make it feel like it's more of a collected world. I would yes. have liked yeah. other episodes that had more random Marvel characters. Well, it's now that I'm kind of really playing this out, I do Play believe that, because they have the X-Men crossover with Spider-Man, the animated series, and then I believe in that, Captain America does show up, if I'm not mistaken. I'd have to go back and look. So I'm like, it is kind of a weird semi-shared universe, and wild to me that they never I did any of the Avengers. I wonder if he says, remember the Nazis in it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, the hills have eyes. <laughs> they're, no, they're crawling up the wall, I, and he's like, I once did this with a friend. You know, Wolverine once uh, crushed a shield between his legs while saving me from the Nazis. Well, in a okay, sex cap. swing. Yeah. <laughs> um, I One thing I liked about Red Skull was, baby, this outfit. She was I thick with that green she, jacket. Okay, but Those it was, tits. It was sort of like a prison outfit, but not orange, but like green, just like a full body suit. Well, it's kind of like a puffy green jacket with a high black leather collar. Gorgeous. It's like he's about to hit the club. Yeah, it says Bergheim. Yeah. Uh, and the face says, I just got out of there from 18 hours. Oh, but I <laughs> my did. But my veneers are setting nicely. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. It, the, it does look good. The animation on this was rough. I wanted to vomit when I was watching it. It was everyone was shaking so aggressively when they were just trying to go downstairs. Um, I passed out. Everyone, yeah. yeah, no one. Ha no one has bones in the show. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's get on to the issues. Our weekly recap of all things X. This week we have Dark X-Men number four, Uncanny Avengers number four, Children of the Vault number four, Alpha Flight number four, Astonishing Iceman number four, and Teen Grey number four. Is that true? Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. They literally all start at the they same time. They start at the same time. Uh, let's number kick, four. Let's kick off the Mambo number four. <laughs> let's kick off with uh, Children of the Vault number four, Dennis Camp and Luca Maresca. This is the end of the series. Bishop and Cable's buddy cop journey comes to a close as Orcus and the children continue to battle in the city while the message activates, causing massive ramifications for the fall of X. Uh, the effects of the message metastasizing in a variety of people across the planet um, essentially results in the Reforge exploding. So what did you think um, of this kind of twist for the ending? And what do you think the message sounds like or tastes like based on that blue shit they're spitting out of their mouth? Uh, let's go with let's go in reverse order. the The message tastes like when you put a battery to your tongue. That, you yeah, that? that's a great point. It definitely looks like that. like this metallic, like a blue like, raspberry battery. Delicious like shock. is what you mean. Oh yeah, yeah snackables. <laughs> yeah. Like that and Gatorade. Uh, Gorge. Yeah. Um, I think the ending 
we've after issue one where there was maybe some shakiness about where this was going the kind of group consensus is that we wish this was longer yeah a hundred percent yep i think that having cable and bishop in particular was a perfect choice to fight the children of the vault uh for their own reasons thematically but also because i think the techno organic virus is a Mm -hmm. fun elegant solution to have to deal with them it also allows you to kind of maintain some of the edge that those characters have, like, hey, we will kill your children if you don't retreat right now. Yeah. And you it's in do, your name. Yeah, you do believe that. Um, well, it's like, it's fucking Bishop. I, I, all the character pieces I, hit. Yeah, go ahead, Ryan. I could not be more overjoyed. Bishop saying, baby, I don't give a fuck. I will kill children left and right, upside down. <laughs> I will do that? it in my sleep. <laughs> he said that. Wait, wait let well, me just sorry, pull Sorry, were you quoting the, him? By, uh, <laughs> he said... I want children dead. No, <laughs> I wish I could say I, I wouldn't hurt a child no matter what the stake was. I really wish I could say that. I mean, my favorite. So it's less impactful <laughs> than what, the way I said it. <laughs> well, he, said it less, he said it less like a drunk real housewife. <laughs> my, okay, my, weird then. You know, my favorite lines then. from the entire book, though, are the them going like, you can't fight the future. And they're like, actually, we're known for it. Like, it's literally the core yeah. construct of our character. Also, literally the two of us. You're going right. to tell us that? Yeah, it's wild. Uh, super Love. well done. Uh, the Orcus mother is pumping out a thousand sentinels an hour. <laughs> Don't love this. Don't love that. All you right. Well, where that? is the where are the raw materials coming from? Come well, on. Well, so you ship all of your metals to outer space to have them manufacture your sentinels to ship them back. That just seems like a well, lot. Well, that seems like a lot. Okay, Brent. Don't attack her because she is giving mother. So She's maybe mother, she produces it. Maybe she produces <laughs> and it. And maybe if herself. you were uh, paying attention, you could mold better. I don't know if you know how the process of creating a baby works, yeah, but it's I not. Do. It's you not open mati- up. Your, you open your mouth, and smaller versions of you, you pour out. You eat metal, and then you make a metal baby. Yes, yeah. exactly. So yeah. So I okay. I agree. I with know you. the metal birds and the metal bees. <laughs> uh, it's time for a consulting interview. A thousand sentinels an hour. If a yes. spaceship was traveling to the reforge from Earth, how many sentinels? would be produced by the time the spaceship arrived. (laughs) (laughs) Enough Uh, for the orgy. (laughs) Uh, Ryan, so there was a cannonball callback with Serafina. Obviously, we all got to do our classics, Who Are the Children of the Vault, but you obviously read that in real time, so could you talk about it a little bit? I was surprised that we actually called that out because it felt really random, but I I think any reader... uh, the, the. the backstory of them, the Children of the Vault, don't go back that far. So acknowledging probably one of the biggest things that they've done was a nice read for like someone who's read it from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of wish uh, <laughs> a moment where Cannonball could react, honestly. Um, but weird. It was weird <laughs> to bring it up. Just like, hey, bitch. Like. <laughs> It's, it's, it's like doing. when you bring up a friend that you're just like just doesn't involve right now. You're like, what are, what are we doing now, though? Well, so I think that the how other, is Cannonball? Like <laughs> Serafina, I think has become a m- there. There isn't a lot for these characters, and I, I think Serafina has actually gotten an interesting development. Yeah. Of she became much more nuanced within one issue of having seen the Dominion. Dominion. Uh, She's the voice of them. Yeah. yeah. I also thought it was interesting to see the infographic pages where they were talking about if we're such a futuristic advanced society, why do we keep catastrophically failing 
every fucking time. So I did wonder from this, like, and I maybe I was reading it a bit heavily, but like it did feel like the history of the children had a lot of allegories to like capitalism and class warfare in many ways. And then at the end, like particularly with like imperialism and exceptionalism, I thought the yeah. final kind of panels were excellently done of like, yeah, we came in, we changed the world. Oh, we're not going to fucking help you keep it up at all. Or like, even if you, really want to go down it's like the idea of like you have to have this child but we're not going to help you raise it like was was that did you envision the children being that or did you think the x-men were because you could take it either way that's true i think the history of the chill i think the children the imperialism exceptionalism was certainly the children coming in being like look at all this wonderful new stuff oh but also go fuck yourself i mean obviously they had to leave but that was there and then i think for them the concept of like if this is supposed to be such an amazing system why is life getting worse I thought that was just like a really interesting kind of construct. Well, they're this. I really want more children of the vault because I think they are this weird kind of social experiment of what if you guys, what if everyone kind of agreed? What if everyone was all on the same page of progress, society? We just advance, develop, advance, and no one had like any moral qualms or questions with each other. What could you guys do? And then when you're faced with anyone who disagrees, it immediately completely destroys your worldview like they're asking what i would say are relatively basic historical questions if a society is founded upon a lie can the society be reformed in some way or change it's like yeah bitch every society is founded on a lie (laughs) we're all like trying to work to make these things better they suck the fact that you guys had no everyone agrees with you each other all the fucking time and it's just like the vault just smells like your own farts. Yeah. You guys love it. Quite, quite literally, I smelled like it once. Thousands yeah. of years in the future. Like, the fact that you guys didn't learn how to deal with real disagreement mm. is a fault of yours. This is stuff that we've tried to work out, you know, slowly over time. Yeah. Uh, let's do Gene Gray number four. We've got Luis Jones Simonson and Bernard Chang. Gene's standalone series wraps up with Gene confronting her various past, Madeline Pryor, and the Phoenix once again in the white hot room. Uh, if you woke up in a metaphysical room surrounded by your previous selves, which ones would they be there and what would they be wearing? Do are we playing the I get to fight them or fuck them? <laughs> <laughs> it's take, it's just the orgy, just like on the Reforge. You would fight all of them. I would fuck all of them. Um, mine, mine would just be uh, progressively like better and worse outfits, I think, uh, much like jeans. Um, I would hate past versions of myself having to deal with them. That's it what sucked. they say about you. Like, uh, like argument, constantly argumentative, Brent. And I know you, you oh, I'm argumentative now, but God damn, it was terrible. <laughs> you, we, we didn't argue with you, just, like, just so you know. <laughs> just so you know. Yeah, but I, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm trying to hedge, hedge, the, cut off I, the past. I think it'd be fun to see most of my older self, but I'm trying to think of like general time. You'd have like college, you'd probably have high school, coming out. There was that Wait, year that you were, you, you were infected. There would probably be the, like the dance version of you. Remember yeah, my, when you were on a hip hop dance high team? School, uh, or that, uh, that period where you were infected by the phalanx? Yeah. <laughs> Cool. No, but you look great then. Yeah. Oh. Um, the entire awesome. series... B- black and gold wire looks good on you. <laughs> <laughs> the entire series is predicated on Gene testing out, being in control, or vacating from it. Are you more of a take-charge person or a sit-back-and-wait? Do you want the highs and lows of leadership? Is this just is this an interview question yeah, yeah. right now? <laughs> Consulting <laughs> interviews back, bitch. <laughs> I mean, You're I, currently not getting the job. <laughs> so something we've talked about a lot in the context of Gene Gray is how... She's been reconciling for a while with her past sins. And I really appreciate this series and especially this issue mm-hmm. because it 
it kind of feels like a capstone on yeah. that discussion. Yes, you've done a lot of shitty things. It's kind of like where Wanda was at the beginning yeah. of Scarlet Witch. Like, uh, you've done shitty things, and there are various reasons why those things occur. Part of the fucking problem is that you believe that you're forgiven for having your body taken over. Take responsibility and make your own fucking choices. You're a much more interesting character that way. And I liked the idea of her being like, well, if I did this different, and then she made the reality even worse. Yes. So she's like doubling down on her decisions, and that's okay. Like, girl, that's what made you today. And are you dead? Yes. Currently, yes, yes. you are. <laughs> but, you know, work, you know? <laughs> Slay in that white hot room. <laughs> So we had a piecemeal phoenix has been working the entire time with Jean to process her memories of the gala and her past this whole time. Yeah. Jean then bestows phoenix powers upon hope and a mortal story also comes full circle. Uh, for the genix, what do we want to see next for her? She's coming back uh, somewhere. I mean, I know that the phoenix is like this big terrifying force, but pardon my French, it's like a fucking pussy. I could beat that phoenix oh, up. I could take that uh, phoenix. Uh, okay, I'm calling phoenix right <laughs> yeah. now. Hold on, hold on. Uh, hey, phoenix, I need to hang up right now. <laughs> Uh, I don't want it to be around at all. I think it's a net negative on her character. If it wants to have its own fun adventures, go <laughs> off. <laughs> the fun adventures of Jean and Phoenix. You go get a body for yourself. I mean, well, I thought that's else. what they were kind of getting at, though, where the Phoenix has also kind of been like, I've learned something, too. You're a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In the Real Housewives of the White Hot Room. Yeah. Um, all right, let's jump into Astonishing Iceman number four, Steve Orlando, Vincenzo Caratu. Picking up from issue number three, Iceman teams up with his amazing friend Spider-Man to combat a new set of phalanx-infused hounds, including converts from last week's Uncanny Spider-Man, who are attempting to kill a Genosian mutate with the ulterior motive of baiting and capturing Bobby. Master baiting and capturing Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> yep, thank you. Uh, is Chantal Ryan like someone that existed before or just literally a random Genosian Maybe mutate? I looked. I mean, the Genosian mutates were a thing until like they all got their powers from like different yep. means. It was a forced sort of way to be a mutant later. Um, I don't think she's. Uh, I could Just be wrong, and so I would like to immediately take it back if I'm wrong. Well, she but, had a lot of presence. I mean, she yeah, I like made, it made it seem like she's been here forever. I <laughs> so was, girl Chantal. I was on about? her side. Yes, yeah, so I was like, <laughs> you're right. Yeah. yeah. She got that tattoo removed, and I'm like, you should have gotten that tattoo removed. I don't even know what that meant, really. It was yeah. her ex-boyfriend's name. <laughs> she uh, gave her power. No, yeah. We get a little Spider-Man, Iceman friendship and banter. Uh, do you guys toast your bagels? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, d I do, too. I'm from New York, and I, d I, like, I don't like that that's a I don't think that's a super New York thing. No, not anymore. My people from New, New York, York toast I mean, uh, people who have opinions about this shit make me furious. Is it the water? Okay. Is it the ice? No, it is. I will say it the is water. the water. There's the, boi the, the boiling method. Water. It's the boiling method. Yeah, yeah. boiling method's super important. Using Not the water itself. That's using fair. lie matters a lot, but... Uh, you fucking your water. You Shut up. What about that hot wet innuendo where Bobby was just like, it was just oh, such I'm a wet, nice Spider moment. <laughs> it was such a, said that it was. Uh, yeah, he did. And it was, it was such, such a nice, nice moment. moment of like true friendship. And he's like, I'm horny. And that's <laughs> and that is truly what a gay person well, and a straight person's Spider, relationship. Spider-Man did point to his crotch and say, you're gushing right now, bro. <laughs> uh, very odd to have zero conversation about Kurt running around in a Spider-Man costume. Yes. No. Maybe so. 
Um, None of his business. Well, he already <laughs> he already like chatted with Kurt, so like Iceman did. Oh no, that's what I mean. Like it's weird that Spider Man was like, "Hey, by the way." No, 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 no. That was off panel. <laughs> yeah, that was off panel. Oh yeah, that Spider Man wouldn't mention. Hey, by the way, one of your oldest friends <laughs> is running around dressed as me, <laughs> me. Uh, and I think he's really horny right now. So <laughs> if you're into this, you can go get that. Fuck yeah! Uh, crossover <laughs> alert. Fucked, yeah. Adrian Toomes' Hound Protocol has kicked in. So Feral, Fatal, and Reaper. Two of them, Fatal and Reaper, were ones from the Uncanny last week. Uh, do you love these these folks? I don't know what you guys said last week. I don't give a shit about these specific specific characters, but I do love this crossover element because it yeah. just feels more connected. Yeah, what? this this whole thing has been is felt really connected, and we'll get to Rogue showing up later. So it just it feels really nice that they're doing that. Let's talk um, about the like main main crossover then: Pequod and Vulture cunt off. It's a great <laughs> Dynasty remake. Apologies are the poetry of the week. Poetic, performative, just what I expect from a career climber like you. You couldn't get things done without appropriating the work of others. And then finally, the best one, you're an old man thirsty for relevancy after years in a green turkey suit. <laughs> like, uh, is it, oh my God, I'm fucking up. Is Jessica or Jennifer Walters? Uh, uh, and and Lucille, the two Lucilles fighting each other. Yes. Uh, the way I rolled my eyes and turned these digital pages, ugh, who cares? Oh, I love it. Oh, you did? I you didn't like it? it? It was I, okay. I like I have as I've grown to really have a soft spot for Orcus and well actually You love Vulture. Well and love it's a Vulture. I just think it's such a cool reuse of Big the character. Uh, and it's a good leeway lead uh, lead into Dark X Men number four, so Steve Fox and Jonas Scarf. Uh, Gambit and Rogue swap spit and stories while the rest of the team stares into the abyss when the other dimensional Goblin Queen and Orcus raid the Limbo Assembly to free Chasm. So the reason why I transition is because of um, Kroll and Valens. As these agents of Orcus, they have a lot more interesting visual presence than they do people presence. So Agreed. I hope more comes from oh, them. Oh, I'm actually a think. people presence. <laughs> um, a lot of the gremlins that uh, people are so into over the years they have a great visual, yeah, and there's no backstory with them, so they're like, "I'm assuming they're great," and you're like, well, "I mean, she's we don't got know. Yeah. fucking what's her name's got ta- uh, Valens has like tattoos all over her body and shit. Like they have all sorts of weird stuff they could probably be adding to them. Um, what do you think about the Mister and Mrs X meetup? I loved it. Um, Rogue uh, drawn as um, from Beetlejuice is always the way I want to see her. She looked really fun. <laughs> I like I like that visual. I like their embrace. I thought that was cool. I I do want to see them interact. I get mad when they don't interact. So th- this has been doing it for me the last couple of weeks. Um, also, this is my true X Men book right now. I love this book so much. It's my faves. Really well done. Uh, what did you think of Chasm rejecting uh, Orcus's offer? Ooh, baby, I love that. Ooh, so good. Baby. I love that so much. It makes sense. Yeah. It's a fun minor plot twist that you're not, like it was kind of introduced in the last episode. Oh, hey, remember, guess who's, Ben Chasm is stuck. <laughs> <laughs> He's stuck in a tropical paradise. Yeah. Uh, that That's not protracted in any way. Uh, I think it's excellent. So we had a good uh, Nightcrawler Xavier info panel as well. Lots of good dialogue. That was great. The two of them. It, it makes me feel like Azazel is not, long for this world if we're trying to close out a lot of his like mm. timeline so well he's closing out his own and, timeline by and killing also his son. i think we're gonna get, well that, yeah that'll really <laughs> that'll really shorten your lifespan um but i think with mystique and nightcrawler having maybe a new backstory right. i think azazel is gonna get written out pretty fast mm. <laughs> can i you may not can i have just like a little catholic moment yes i don't think nightcrawler would be catholic okay I why just, because the idea like once charles mentioned purgatory i'm like 
so the idea of purgatory is that uh, you uh, have not been saved yet, and when you die, you still got to be cleansed in order to enter heaven because no one who's unclean can enter the gates of heaven. Okay. And so there was this whole idea of like limbo as well, which is like babies who have not yet been baptized are just going to sit in this eternal place of like sadness and not really salvation, but also not suffering. They're just doing nothing. And that is a really kind of like harsh, sad idea that every Catholic knows about and has thought about. And it's just like depressing. And I just don't see Kurt as someone who's like so empathetic would believe that, you know, purgatory would exist, that that would be an important idea for him, that he would like adhere to any of the doctrines of the Catholic church like it's like a queer person who's like Catholic. You go, no, this is fucking crazy. Yeah. But one thing I will say is he has died a few times, so he sometimes goes. So he's the, Jesus now. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he's gone through these Blue periods. Jesus. He's gone through these periods that he really doesn't know what's going on, and he's been brought back from the dead. He was apparently in heaven at some point. He's been, so like I think there's a moment. Oh, of, oh, never mind. He's been to heaven. Oh, then he knows. <laughs> <laughs> what am I talking about? He doesn't have to have faith. Okay, um, great. We solved it. <laughs> All right, let's talk Avengers. Uncanny Avengers number four, Jerry Duggan, Javier Garon. On the eve of a human witness on Gala Night being revealed to the world, the Unity Squad clashes with the new mutant liberation front to find and stop Captain Krakoa from setting off a nuke. Dr. Stasis ends up on the defensive, and we learn Captain Krakoa is none other than the Hydra Ray Steve Rogers from Secret Invasion. <sighs> not Secret Invasion, whatever it's called. The, the Secret Empire. Nazi <laughs> Steve, Steve Rogers. Rogers. So yeah, they have Rogers. to kiss now, right? Yeah. I, I would mean, love I would watch that. It's um we saw it coming from a mile away. We called it out. Um it reveals in comics now can't really exist because people will do the research so much. It's obsessive, put it online. Yeah. yeah. So like um it's still a good it's the greatest person to pick because i think we said like nuke that would be dumb yeah. I, there was all sorts of random people that were <laughs> um, showing up uh a strife we thought yeah that's point. right that would have been fun but yeah. also really random and no reason the, the amount of explanation yeah. you would need would be insane um we did have ben Urich's surprise of dr stasis at the empire state university campus would Orcus really not know that Kingpin survived the ordeal? Like, that does seem a bit odd to me. Like, is no one speaking at the Hellfire Club? Everyone's really keeping that silent. Did they see him escape? I can't remember. I'll have to go back and look at the issues. Because I, I thought he got pulled away very discreetly. But... Oh, that's a fair point. They just, did, like, lost track of him. Um, Poor Blob, huh? How really I felt so bad for stupid Blob. Because he was like, wait, so you guys are the good guy like he yeah. had no idea he i'm had so no glad they're not letting it go yeah but yeah you did do war crimes but you are on the right side so let's let's all work together and blob is just a good guy now well, let's be honest don't forget about the I won't. the change which was honestly i think the most iconic thing that happened in the fall of x uh and it's uh capped with can't you turn off their pain? I could. Yeah. Psylocke has cut off the, the hands of Fenris. The arm cutting off was phenomenal. Great. <laughs> Love this. Excellent. Uh, I also will say, uh, what's his name? Dr. Stasis. It, it, continuing streak of evilness is giving guest, guest lectures at Empire State <laughs> University. <Yeah. laughs> Fair. All right. Let's wrap up with Alpha Flight number four, Ed Brisson and Scott Galuski. Laurent attempts to run away while the rest of the team deals with the ramifications of Heather Hudson, a.k.a. Guardian's wife, a.k.a. Nemesis's sacrificing. Uh, would you care if your partner was hiding a secret identity from you? I would care much more if my partner was hiding a 
cool sword for me. <laughs> Fair, yeah. Would would you hide a secret, Ryan? Would you hide a secret identity from your partner? Yeah, hell yeah. Uh, but yeah, just Wait. to be like, just to be like a crime fighter and be like, what do you think of them? Wait. And then they would immediately be like, I don't really. Wait, Ryan. What? Would you hide a secret from us? <laughs> no, never. <laughs> Look, I brought this sword. <laughs> it steals my soul. Uh, yes, it was the Onyx Sword, the Cell. Uh, you know, she gets flight, speed, teleportation, time travel. Powerful sword. But she's got to be fucking killing people, and she's not. The sword has one power that did not make sense to me. Oh. It, it can help you time travel no. if you sacrifice the blood of someone from that time. <laughs> so if I want to time travel to the 1700s, <laughs> I need a guy in the 1700s to get there. The problem with this was um, three people have had the sword before. And so each one of them, very different powers, very uh. different and very uh, short takes on it, which these characters have not even been fleshed out at all. So the... And if you can guess, the time travel one was the wildest version of it mm. because it just feels like such not a power that should be associated with it. So, yeah, it's a stretch. And did we see Heather coming from a mile away again? Another Revealed. obvious reveal? Yes, of course. Uh, they did reference it to being the spirit of retribution, which I found interesting. So is that Ghost Rider related then? Yeah. It's like his like uh like Cousin. friends his little his flame <laughs> his twin flame his old fl- <laughs> um final question to cap off the issues is puck actually hot because when they have a close-up panel of him with a daddy-ass mustache he looks very attractive in this okay comic. so this is not a question for us right is this a question for you Adam? and it, the answer for me is yes so i'm gonna go to be clear <laughs> to be clear i want to bang all of Alpha Flight. Correct. Correct. <laughs> Including the box signals. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and well, I mean, Those yeah. Those box signals can get my box. <laughs> so the actual real question is the box signals assort Krakoa North. We could have sort of saw that coming. Um, uh, are we excited? All because did. Argent couldn't fucking stay in a uh, room. His name is Laurent, actually. He Th- likes this to be Laurent. This I was don't love it. This Laurent was dumb. Argent. This was dumb. They're all fine. Somehow, um, Kyle has powers now, probably, or something. Who cares? <laughs> Sorry, I'm not mad. This is a Kyle hate podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I like him in theory. He couldn't even keep track of four fucking kids. Fuck him. No. Flat scan. Pa- and he wants to have year. a child. Yeah. And he just, wants to have I a child. I just hate that flat scan. <laughs> 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 oh, guys. Okay. As always, we like to wrap up with a Lil's... Wait. I'm so sorry. As always, we like to wrap up with a... Oh, one more time. Get a, Get a good one in. As always, we like to wrap up with the those ping pong balls are really flying out of there, Brent. Good <laughs> yeah, job. your asshole was hey, really tight. That's why it's called a box sentinel for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> this is a segment we call Plug Me Daddy, where each of us get a chance to quickly highlight something we've read, seen, heard, and experienced. Maybe this week, maybe last week, maybe who knows when. And wanted to uh, share with you our little, 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 little homos. Adam, why don't you go first? Yeah, I can go. I will come back to what I was talking about earlier, which is Doctor Who. I'd never seen the show before. It's a new it, show, right? I know. High, <laughs> high camp. It's like, I don't love an episode of the week type show, but we've been mostly watching all the story arc type stuff. And again, like you said, Ryan, like it's just really does a great job heart. with emotion. The tonality, particularly in Torchwood, can be absolutely insane. Like it's sort of grounded, but not grounded. And it's, I think it's also a product she of its know time. Who she is, yeah. But it, I do, I just have been really enjoying it. The lore is really interesting and great. And it's, it's even though I'm like speed watching it to be ready for these specials, 
it really is forming a place in my heart of like, I can't wait to get the references or not just know about the fucking an- the angels that move when you don't look at them. Like that was the only episode that I ever yeah. knew about. Oh yeah. So I would Iconic, just, if you yeah. haven't checked it out, start reading those lists and start watching episodes. It's a very, very fun show. Ryan, what do you got? Um, I just recently watched a documentary called mm-hmm. Escaping Twin Flames. Mm-hmm. I've seen this. How is it? It's so good. Um, so basically, uh, the idea for this new cult documentary is what Brent was this year is you're you're having a lot of facial reactions. No, right just now. go on because okay. it's Twin Flames. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so basically, uh, the idea is that this couple starts this thing where it's sort of like matchmaking to begin with, and then it turns into that you through us will find your perfect match, your twin flame. Um, and of if you can believe it, it gets out of hand, right? Yeah. Um, and so eventually he starts, um, the main guy starts uh, accosting these women, starts verbally abusing these women. It's a cult. You know what happens. It's a cult, yes. A man and abuses his power. Correct. Well, he's yeah. like a gar- like You can tell he's semi-attractive, but he's like a garbage. Pr- like a, yeah. Within seconds, you're like, well, what a trash. He, he looks like he works at a blockbuster still. It's it's tough because it's like he also introduces this idea of like a uh, a supreme masculine, a supreme feminine. Yeah. And so your couple is always one of them. Um, the pro the the problem that becomes like really bad is uh, then he starts assigning these and then being like, well, you're a woman and you identify as straight, but you're the supreme masculine, so now you must transition. So forcing people to transition stuff. So there's weird conversations about like trans and stuff like that. Yeah. Ultimately, they they they, they approach it in the right way, but it is mind. It's wild because uh, I've seen part of it, but I'm also not super sympathetic to these people. <laughs> Yeah. Usually in a documentary, you're like, it's, "Oh, I get it. You guys are like going through stuff." But, These people are like, "I'm kind of lonely," and um, well, but I guess I'll just give the them thing. a bunch of money. It's people that have gone through trauma, so they are susceptible to this. Yes, stuff, right? yes, and they are deserving of sympathy. Uh, but I, uh, there's a. But dead, you're not there, willing. No, no. To there's get. just like a because I've seen so many of these documentaries. There's like a dead nerve ending. It's not fair. They, well, you know how it's going to end, right? Uh, I. Don't. They're in a cult. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Uh, all right. I'll do my plug real quick. Um. It is for a song called Now and Then. Um, it is by the Beatles, and it was their last okay. uh, song. It's very spooky Why because scary? they took – it was a song written by John Just Lennon. Just them wailing. It's, it's, <laughs> it's written by John Lennon, and he sang it, and then they took audio from George uh, Harrison recordings, and then Ringo and Paul are singing on it now, and they've completed the song. And so they are all still together on the song, but it's like the last Beatles song. And it feels kind of surreal that technology is able to kind of resurrect someone and give you this final version. The music video, though, is so psychotic. You have to watch it. Hmm. It is them from all. Force ghosts? Yes, yes. Oh. Yes, they are. They all look like Carrie Fisher <laughs> at the end. They are. <laughs> they yes, they do. <laughs> they are. It's crazy because it's showing them from all sorts of video clips, but in different video clips. So they'll be like on a a, a TV show performing together, but it's them from like a different oh. decade performing. It looks so confusing. It looks like a fever dream. And it's just called now and then. And the song's actually pretty good. That's it's good. a pretty good song. Nice. Uh, How did why did then. this come up into your brain? Because uh, there was like all this news stuff about the last Beatles song, oh. and so this was 
a part of like the an album that they were going to release and some of the music got released previously but this song had not because it was not fully completed got it um so that's that they're like should we release it now why not then well and that's our that's our spoopsy (laughs) november (laughs) (laughs) and that's as spoopsy as we got we didn't get spoopsy at all uh well you know that's the way some episodes go sometimes you're spoopsy november and sometimes maybe we'll be gobbly next week who knows (laughs) we won't be on next week because we'll be off however uh you should be able to check out our russell dowdman interview which should be out on november 20th we also have our Marvel's review. Uh, so if you haven't seen the movie, go fucking see it. Bring friends to see it. It's a lot of fun. Uh, it's got this, what Adam calls the spirit of the Marvel. <laughs> uh, we'll be back uh, the following week. Uh, so uh, tune in then. Um, if you have a chance, recommend us to a friend. Uh, also in the future, because we, we won't be on next week, but we've got a Stephanie Williams creator crush coming. So, yeah, sure. uh, so many things. So many things. Uh, thanks for listening. Bye, little homos. Bye. 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 Bye.